a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. The bat pulls. May the force be with you. Who is that masked man? Avengers, assemble. Welcome to the Fantastic Forum. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. Some genre-related news before today's discussion. The final trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, was released week before last. Sorry, we weren't new last week. I was, uh, well, the week before I was at the Baltimore, actually, no, I was at the Baltimore Comic-Con, but we did a show that day. No, I was, I was otherwise engaged. So... Some of this stuff is a uh, little, little, not, I mean, it's not going to say stale, but it's been a week or so. So the final trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: Rise of Skywalker, was released week before last. If you still haven't seen it, you should get a life. No, I'm just kidding. You should check it out on the Fantastic Forum Facebook page at facebook.com backslash Fantastic Forum. And while you're there, if you haven't already, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We love to be liked and we like to be followed. Also released was the trailer for Sony Pictures' Bloodshot, starring Vin Diesel. Bloodshot is based on the Valiant Comics character, and there's been a lot of excitement around this picture and what it means for a comics company not named DC or Marvel. You can see the trailer on the aforementioned FF Facebook page. HBO's Watchmen debut garnered 1.5 million viewers across all platforms. Episode 3 airs tomorrow night. The original series is a continuation of the highly lauded comic book series by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons, and it too has been both critically acclaimed and generated controversy among butthurt fanboys for its decidedly political slant. Hey, newsflash, comics are inherently political since their inception, and it's a terrific show. Also on the television front, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger has been canceled after two seasons on the Freeform Network. The CW has picked up the new Batwoman series for a full season. CW is also developing a series about Superman and Lois Lane, starring Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tullock. The show will focus on the characters as they deal with the stress, pressures, and complexities that come with being modern working parents in today's society. Hey, look, that's what it says here. Uh, Todd Helbing is going to write and executive produce. Of course, Tyler Hoechlin and Elizabeth Tulloch have played these characters for a couple of years on the Supergirl series. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will no longer write or produce a trilogy of Star Wars movies. That was announced earlier this week. Pair attributed the departure to the time demands of their upcoming Netflix projects. It was reported yesterday that Peyton Reed will return as director for Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wasp 3, starring Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. The movie is expected to start shooting in late 2020. And this weekend in the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia area is Anime USA over at the Marriott Wardman Park Hotel. The convention celebrates Japanese animation, art, culture, history, and fashion. Guests include a variety of voice actors and educational guests. Activities feature a masquerade, anime music video contest, educational and cultural programs, and much more. It runs through tomorrow. For more information, visit the website at animeusa.org. Also this weekend is Creation Entertainment's Supernatural DC Con 2019 at the Crystal Gateway Marriott. The con is all about the CW Supernatural television series. Stars Jensen Ackles, Jared Padalecki, and Misha Collins are there, as well as other Supernatural guests. The con runs through tomorrow. You can visit creationent.com for more details. 
The cast and crew of the Game of Thrones prequel pilot starring Naomi Watts uh, were recently informed that HBO decided not to pick up the project. The potential series had been set to take place thousands of years before the events of the original series. Currently, there's only one of the other Game of Thrones related projects in development that is actually headed to series. So uh, we're gonna talk about that and more on today's show. But before we get to that, I'm gonna introduce my guests for today. Joined by two fantastic forum stalwarts, uh, I have the redoubtable Roberto Ortiz and, you know, the ever trusty and true Julian Lytle, gentlemen. Hey. Hello. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. Well, now, um, Julian, I am going to ask if you don't mind uh, if you would share, because uh, I got jammed up <laughs> earlier this week. I was supposed to have attended the screening of the new Terminator movie. Uh, and I wasn't able to get there because I was working and which is a good thing for me lousy for you because I couldn't do a review but fortunately for our listeners Julian Lytle saw it yeah, reviewed it true. on behalf of Adobe radio and he is going to share his review so thank oh, you okay. do so. you uh, do you do you need some uh, do I need to do 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 I mean, because uh, if you uh, if you need uh, Terminator music, dun, 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 uh, dun. you know, <laughs> we can we can we can do that. Do hey, need, I, I, do I never done some, this on uh, the show. Do you want me to read my reel? You want me just just do it off the cuff? Because I can do either or. Uh, whichever you prefer. Uh, I'm easy, man. That's like I, I just I just appreciate you uh, allowing me to impose on you like this, you know. Good. I mean, you know, so um, yeah, in fact, all right, so let's uh, let's see here. Drop we are gonna cool yeah, we are we are gonna give you some the... uh, you know. There you go. Mm, Eve robot themes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, this movie, Terminator Dark Fate, is directed by Tim Miller of Deadpool fame. It's also written by people who wrote Deadpool. Uh, one of them is also David S. Goyer, who's known for writing a bunch of DC movies. Uh, it was produced by James Cramer. He comes back to the franchise after um, taking a very long extended break from the franchise he created. Uh, the movie is also signals the return of Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor. It takes place as if... Um, None of the movies besides one or two happened. So um, it takes place in the current day. And a lot of it takes place in Mexico where a Terminator called the Rev-9 and a woman named Grace come from the future to protect. Well, Grace comes to protect a woman named Danny while the Terminator is coming to kill Danny. Uh, during their escape from a Terminator... Lo and behold, Sarah Connor pops up with her mission of killing all Terminators and doing their many adventures of trying to escape this new, very dangerous Terminator that is basically a mix of the classic endoskeleton T-800 and the T-1000, i.e. like the liquid metal forms over the endoskeleton, like a skin muscle type of thing. And at times they have to face both forms at the same time. Uh, they end up meeting up with a an older T-800 model uh, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger who has been living a life in human world in the past, you know, his past. And, you know, it's, it's a Terminator movie. They have to protect this woman from being killed because she's very important to the future. A future that is different from the one that we know of because the events of Judgment Day actually affected the future. And that's as far as I'm going to go telling the actual plot because the rest will be spoilers. The movie is pretty interesting because it casts Linda Hamilton as a Clint Eastwood uh, type of character, uh, or John Wayne-ish, like just this grizzled old tough warrior. And to be quite honest, there there is really no heroic dudes in this movie besides, <laughs> besides Arnold Schwarzenegger as a robot. And I found that interesting. Uh, Danny, uh, I think she is played by. Uh, let me. I didn't remember. I haven't memorized this, this whole cast because I didn't. I never seen this woman before. 
Natalia Reyes, uh, she kind of plays her character of Danny as less of a, of a damsel and more of a a uh, person that wants to wants to fight and fight back, even though if they don't know how. So there's there's some time spent with teaching her how to fight. And Grace is an interesting character because she's not really a Terminator. She's a cyborg. She's a human that's been basically made part robot to fight Terminators. But she has a great cause. It's like Goku with the KO Ken. Like she can go hard for like 15 good minutes and then like she's all messed up and she's all hurt. And then she got to like take like a mixture of drugs to like get her, get her body working again. And I found that that was that put some interesting stakes into the movie. Overall, it was a pretty good movie. The set pieces was good. The explosions were good. The uh, the effects, the CG was pretty good. There's some stuff in the beginning where they try to, like, de-age Linda Hamilton and stuff like this. And Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's like, you, now you're looking like a PlayStation game. That's not bad. <laughs> but when you start doing this, it's like, I'm expecting to hold a controller and start playing instead of watching. But overall, it's a pretty good movie. It's a good action action romp while you wait to go see Frozen 2. <laughs> You know, something in between. Something not Disney. Got cool robot. Mm, I got you. So what was your uh, what was your grade for the movie? I gave it like seven and a half out of ten. Oh, okay. It's like a C. That's that's it. That's a pretty good Always way grade, better yeah. than Genesis. Genesis was trash. <laughs> How will you compare uh Linda Hamilton, the character evolution from T two to the character she's the same, it's the same character. Mm-hmm. So she's as angry and... She's never not going to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She's so. angry and now she's... I like. I was uh, calling her Grandma Sarah in the movie because that's what she was. <laughs> it was like a little family trip. You got like the new young girl that has to be protected and then you have like the protector woman mm-hmm. and then so like you got like a mom character, a daughter character, and you mm-hmm. got grandma. And grandma. Grandma. Grandma curses. <laughs> Grandma don't got time. She ain't got time to waste. <laughs> Grandma's like, we going to do it this way. And mother and grandma are going to argue a lot how we going to do these things. But grandma's going to win in the end. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and, and then they end up with like a grandpa character. He's like, oh, look at these drapes. <laughs> <laughs> look at my truck. <laughs> and that's kind, of what, that's kind of what the T-800 is like in this. It's like, mm. I have a truck. It's pretty nice. <laughs> well, he has been living among humans for many years. <laughs> hey, this, is, this is a way different awesome than Terminator that I've ever seen. Wow. You thought the one at T2 was nice with the Asta La Vista and chill out. <laughs> nah, this one's, this one you have in the house. Wow. Yeah. How long has he been with us? It's like 20 years at least. This, oh, this, longer. This version yeah. of mm-hmm. this Terminator. That he picks a name. He has lived with the humans for a good 20, 24 mm. years. He's just wow. been chilling. So this is the same Terminator that came to protect. No. Because no? that one died at the end of two. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, I, you find out in this movie that Skynet sent a bunch of T-800s. Really? Wow. And just, you know, mm. John Connor just sent that one good one. But there was a whole bunch of those all sorts of niggas just running around trying to find a kill with John Connor. Mm. Wow. Okay, and you know the the big thing to me was that uh, James Cameron was connected with this film. You know, I mean, he was like the producer and all yeah, that. Yeah, good it stuff. Has yeah, it has it has its tendrils. It feels like it's consistent with one and two, even though he he they they get rid of the the Universal Park Studios ride that kills Sarah Connor. <laughs> that doesn't count. I'm kind of sad that it kind of gets rid of Salvation because I like that movie, and I don't know why people dislike that movie. Hmm. But it is what it is. But this opens up. This this isn't the last Terminator movie. Oh, there's gonna be a whole another set of movies as long as people is alive. So it seems like James Cameron basically, as the producer, he was asking the right questions to the Greyers. I guess he. I I I think he did some Maya solid. I think this is probably a good idea. Kind of like when you think about Creed, how like Sylvester Stallone didn't actually think up the story of Creed. Mm-hmm. And Ryan Coogler was like, yo, I got this really good Rocky idea. And then he showed us Sylvester Stallone. was like, yeah, let's make this. Mm. I think Tim Miller might have like, I got a, yo, me and these guys, we got a really good uh, Terminator idea. And he was like, I like this. They done messed it up a lot. Hmm. I, I can save this. I, I, I read your review and you mentioned that it has certain political undertones in the movie. Specifically, considering that she's Mexican, that they yeah, they deal. They 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 kind of skate around things like the um, border wall, immigration, and 
the detention camps and because the movie for a lot of part takes place within Mexico then they have to get across the border and also the Terminator chooses to look like a Latin man <laughs> and uh, so you know that's that's very interesting so it, it skates around it but it, it, it doesn't really get into the politics of it they have one quote where it's like you know you're in Texas that's why there's so many guns but they don't want they, they they choose not to get too deep into that. It's just something that you can notice if you're paying attention. But there's a scene in the trailer, so there's no spoiler. This is in the trailer where this Mexican man is in the border patrol facility, murdering left and right border patrol agents. Without well, yes, yeah, the Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what he's doing, even like I guess that's just a, you, you can kind of spoil that because it is in the trailer. But like that point, he's dressed as like he's a. His form is that of a border patrol agent, so it's just like, <laughs> of course they let him in because he's one. Of, he's the Terminator. He's like, I'm in here, and they're like, he's saying all the right stuff because you know, robot. Uh, and they're like, oh, okay, and then it's like, oh no, you're a little beep girl. I was like, I gotta kill this girl. Like, oh y'all gonna die now? <laughs> and they're like, we gotta go. Oh. All right, so you're listening to Fantastic <laughs> Forum on WERA <laughs> 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Roberto Ortiz and Julian Lytle. We have been talking about Terminator, was it Terminator Dark Fate? Dark Fate. I think the name of the, yeah, Terminator Dark Fate. But it, it's and not it, even it, that, that opened. Dark. Well, hey, <laughs> what can I tell you? But that opened yesterday in theaters nationwide, right? Yes. Okay, well, November there you go. 1st. There you go. Opened in in theaters now. So is, is do we think that this is going to be the number one movie this weekend? or, oh, uh, or not? Barely. Mm. I agree with him. But they're saying it's at least it's going to do as well as the previous one. Okay. That ain't good. No. <laughs> well, and you had mentioned, all right, because the, 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 the most recent one, that was the one with Jai Courtney. It's Jack uh, Courtney and Amelia uh, uh, Clark. Amelia Clark yes. played mm-hmm. Sarah. Con- it, right. it was a complete mm-hmm. retcon where is the Terminators tried to kill Sarah Connor when she was young. Right. Because it's like we failed at John Connor so much. Mm-hmm. And then like a Terminator came back to protect her. And it was like Terminator John Connor. And, but, was oh, like the, you have mm-hmm. no idea. That made me so unhappy. So yeah, <laughs> Jack Courtney was the new version of Kyle Reese who looks nothing like the old Michael Bean version of Kyle Reese. Nope. But he goes back to save Sarah Connor, but instead she's already been protected by an old T-800 Terminator who raised her like a good Wolverine or whatever he's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> and she's she's mm. like super hardcore from the start, like even mm. as a young woman. Which wow. kind of changes the dynamic of her being like, yeah, cause I'm she's not been tough. All like, yeah, you know, like a yeah. woman woman, like a woman in like 1984, like, oh my God. And then it's like, Yo, kill a robot trying to kill you. I gotta go. Like it's it takes mm-hmm. the whole Christian like the story, the, like the weird sci-fi story of Jesus out yeah. of it when mm-hmm. she's like, wow, grenade launcher, do 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 do. Like they, yeah, but salvation though, salvation has some gems in it, and it's like mm. I didn't I didn't hate that movie, you know, and and that was um, Sam Worthington. Yes, yes, exactly, and that, Christian yes. Bale. I call that movie. Batman versus robots. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, the ending of that movie was changed. Originally, uh, John Connor was supposed to die at the end of that movie, and the other guy, well, I'm Cyborg, glad they changed it. The Cyborg yeah. was supposed to uh, take the identity of John Connor. Oh yeah, that was that wasn't smart. It was right yeah. to change it. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was better they did what they did because that was that was a very poignant moment when. You know the the Terminator had to get, but you know because they had like human heart in the Terminator. Because so he, he wasn't, could, he was, again, in, yeah. he was a cyborg. I like this whole dynamic yes. of having mm. cybernetic humans mm. having to fight the Terminators because it's like it gives it more stakes. Where it's like, oh, we can fight. I just can't last as long because yeah, I'm not totally robotic. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and that was that was as I recall, <laughs> that was Skynet's attempt to was, be able to fool the um, the resistance. They were yes. trying to yeah. figure out mm. how to make the skin. They use that's why I like they use criminals as test dummies. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they were trying. This is how they figured out how to make the T eight hundred because that movie you saw the T six hundred, which was bigger, bulkier, and didn't move as well. Yes, but the mm-hmm. whole movie is an origin story for Kyle Reese. That's what made the joint tight. Yeah, because you get mm-hmm. to see how John Connor meets Kyle. He basically has to raise up Kyle Reese. Mm-hmm. Then he's going like, and he knows all the times like, yo, you're my dad, and I have to also I had to send you back in the past so mm-hmm. that I get made. 
and you gotta die. Mm. Dang. See, I put that weight. You see, Christian Bale could bring about that weight because he he's a good man. actor. Yeah, he's good. You know, I tell you what. What actually pisses me off the most about all of this is, and it's it's a strange sort of. Um, well, okay. Here's the thing. So, new Teen Titans. Yeah. Uh, Deathstroke, the Terminator. And they used to call him the Terminator exclusively, even though he was Deathstroke. Mm -hmm. And then, and that used to bother me at the time. I was, he's got a name, doggone it, it's Deathstroke, use his name. But then they quit calling him the Terminator because this Terminator stuff got so big, I gather there was some kind of copyright infringement issue. No, I think they still had the copyright as Deathstroke the Terminator, but it's just like... Why bother? Just call him Deathstroke, that's the first first name. Yeah, but I had gotten used to the Terminator. Yeah, it is, but I had gotten used to the Terminator, and they never call him that now. And I'm like... I'd like you to call him the Terminator a little <laughs> bit now, you know? And uh, But, you know, it's a completely different connotation. But one thing I would like to add is that I kind of right. like the fact la, that la, for... La, last thoughts on this here, because we got to pivot to but something else. I like the fact that they brought Sarah Connor, and I always felt that killing Sarah Connor, starting from the third movie on... When she died in the ride. Yeah. Well, you technically were supposed to go to ride, and then you see Rise of the Machines, because James Cameron directed the ride. And that joint was lit. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been to Universal Studios oh, no, in that's, years. That's... Yeah, I know. It's not even there anymore. But, but yeah. actually, it was considered to be one of the most expensive movies per minute ever made. Because Is it available on the internet? Oh, okay, of course it's available. Sure it it's probably on of YouTube. course it's available on YouTube. <laughs> We're going to look that up for you people. But I like always a, the character arc of Sarah Connor as a character specifically. It's like Mary realizing that you're going to be the, the, the mother of Jesus Christ and saying... I'm going to do everything in my power to protect this child because he represents this future humanity. It's like, it's such a mind-blowing idea of a character, the Sarah Connor character, that oh. it's, she takes the responsibility border, to borderline insanity. And I love that as a character arc for somebody. Well, that wasn't like Mary, actually, though. Mary was actually real low key about you sure uh, Jesus. About that? Well, from what I, from what I've read in the from, Bible, from that book is she's like yeah, yeah, yeah you know, she's I a mean, backseater, but yeah. Uh, well, anyway. you know something I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, stuff you, has been regrading. So anyway, uh, but having uh, but yeah, I, I like the fact that you were saying specifically how Sarah Connor at the beginning was a very eighties woman, very normal life. And how basically fate changed her destiny, and I think uh, that having the character back brings a lot to the franchise because you need that combination of super badass, but you know that there's a heart somewhere in there, somebody who actually cares a lot, and that's why she's as tough as she is, yeah. and that she's really good at killing Terminators, and that's something I really love. That is a person who has made her mission in life to kill as many Terminators before she dies as yeah, possible. There's something beautiful about that. <laughs> a very laudable sort of mission. Yeah. Hey, all right. So pivoting, though. Um, a lot of stuff on Game of Thrones. You all yeah. remember Game of Thrones. That thing, that yeah. horrible ending. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. Tell you the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, look. Depending on how invested you were in that Daenerys Targaryen character, because a lot of people wanted to see her end up, uh, you know, as the queen, and they just loved them. I mean, there are a whole bunch of little girls named um, Khaleesi <laughs> and, uh, running yeah, around, Khaleesi. Now, you know. I mean, you know, yeah. it's it's yeah. So, um, but but here here's the thing. Uh, so they had the the first of the you know because of course Game of Thrones hottest thing since sliced bread. And, uh, you know, Love. these guys, yeah, really, I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, and in fact, I hadn't, when I, I remember when I first saw the, uh, the, the promotional spots for it, I was like, what's this crap? This is some kind of Lord of the Rings ripoff, man, you know, and even watching the first one, I mean, I remember I'm looking at Jamie uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's he's the hero. Check him out. Oh, and he's got his little little guy brother, you know, who's like a foul up or something. You know, I mean, I'm trying to like, yeah, right. You know, and even after it got going and uh, <laughs> you, you saw that, uh, I mean, I'm like, oh, OK, so they're going to have the Dothraki come over. Now, ultimately, they did have the Dothraki come over and like wreak havoc and stuff. But I had thought that was going to happen a lot earlier. I thought it was going to be with Khal Drago. You know, on account of, uh, you mm. know, his wife and all. Anyway, mm-hmm. but, you know, I digress. So, um, but the thing turned out to actually be, you know, really good. Now, I, I personally, I think it went off the rails a little 
when they uh, after they went beyond the books. Yes, because so you mean the a pay- little? A little, a, a little bit. Well, the, the, you mean a lot? A lot. The pacing. The characters were behaving like completely different people. The, uh, the main thing was the pacing. I mean, when so, I mean, and this was this is true in most of the medieval fantasy things that you watch. Somebody goes on a journey, and it takes time to 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 get from place to place because you're on horseback or you're on foot or whatever, and uh, all of a sudden. People started going on journeys in this show, and they would go and come back in like the same episode. And yeah. it was like, wait a minute, you know, how, how did you manage this when the other the whole season? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, and so pacing wise, that was my main issue because you know Benioff and Weiss had kind of been writing the thing. I mean, I understand that Martin had basically sat down with them and told them everything about you know he he you know laid out. That's what they, the, the that's what they told us. Now we know that might not be the case. The, the problem is basically, mm. even if Martin, that was a plan he had, the evolution of the characters as they were going on screen was honestly heading in a different direction. And all of a sudden, the journey of Danny, the, the transition from what happened when she got to Westeros and becoming the Mad Queen was something that was could have been set up a little bit better. And then when they had the battle at Winterfell, it bothered me that they they said right, which, which battle at Winterfell? The last one. Good oh, question. okay, all right. Uh, mm-hmm. That I felt like, wait a minute, the, the ending felt kind of. Where you say the, rush, rush, and the fact that the 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 concept of basically the the White Walkers coming and killing everybody it was like, oh yeah, they handled, no big deal. It's like, what the heck? This was supposed to be this apocalyptic thing, and you just swept on the wrong, and then you... Oh, good gracious. Now, see, now you're going to get Julian started. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, I'm, I'm straight. Like, are, you, are you sure? Because you were mighty uh, invested in the Night King. First of all, you, that, were, you were one of the most invested first of all, people and I in agree that with character. Him. That was the point. That, that was the point of the show. <laughs> and then they got rid of the point of the show, and they wanted to make a different point. Well, and I understand why, because... They had a little talk at the Austin Film Festival in which they said what they said and how they thought about how they got the show, how they felt about writing the show, and what their points of what they wanted to do. And what they was into wasn't what I got into the show. So that lets me know I wasted my time. Ooh. <laughs> oh. And I'm not, I'm not falling for it again. I'm not watching a fancy show again. Wow. No so dark you... materials. No, none of this. I'm off that. Mm. I get uh, Watchmen the past because it's Watchmen. Uh, surely mm. the Dark Crystal on Netflix is really good. I ain't watching it. <laughs> it's actually really good. I don't care. No, I I seen it. It's I don't care. Yeah. Do they got game. horses the, and swords? The, this it, man has been ruined <laughs> by this experience. And let me tell you something. I completely understand that, man. I you know sometimes it happens to where you feel you feel betrayed. Yes. You feel let down, you know? I mean, you feel totally... You've been bamboozled. Hoodwinks. <laughs> <laughs> let exactly. it It made you realize that the That's person like... doing the show didn't get what made the show special. It's like, wait a minute. Do you understand that the whole concept of the show is the fact that these morons are killing each other? And there's something bigger than them calling to kill them all. And then you well, say, That's not oh, what they wanted to tell. Never mind. Well, How look, can you say never mind? And at the end, all of a sudden, Danny has all these forces that oh, came well, out of nowhere oh, well, that she can use to basically take over Westeros. I said, Where the heck were these people when they were fighting? They didn't care. Yes, obviously they didn't. They wanted to talk about something else. About what? <laughs> Power, corruption, things like this. They cared about cool scenes versus overall story. They literally said all this to a group of people. They said what they said. Now I understand. Mm. I just felt like I wasted my time. Well, and that may not be wrong. <laughs> you, I, I mean, you know, you may actually have wasted your time on that show. I mean, it, it, but see, if you got any any bit of enjoyment at it because I'll tell you what I mean I feel similarly I mean I'm not as passionate about this particular franchise as you uh, are we're about Game of Thrones but I feel similarly about um, Alien 
Okay, because why? Well, Alien was all right. You know, I, I personally I like wait, Aliens wait, wait, better wait, now, but what? but <laughs> Aliens that was I mean you know it, it, it the, that was fine. But then they did Alien Three and it was trash. And yes, and that ruined everything that came before it. And so the way I look at it, and then that Alien Four and whatever. So trash. I don't yeah everything yeah. I basically disavow everything after Aliens. Like no, they made it back to Earth, and um. Uh, which it's um, Hicks yep. and Ripley. They raised Newt, raised Newt, and there was a night. It would they, everybody lived happily ever this after. This name might be agreeing with you. I don't <laughs> care what they <laughs> do. No, I think the rumor going around mm -hmm. is that this name Ain't might no be Sigourney agreeing Weaver. with you. Ain't no Weaver. She well, old. Well, but the problem is that Disney might be agreeing with you long yeah. term. Well, look, look, look here. <laughs> that musical cue means we need to take a break uh, because Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA, uh, which is community radio, which is really cool. Let me tell you, I have, um, I love me some community radio, and you will too. Once you find out more about it, if you don't already know about it, visit the website at WERA.FM. You can find out more about us, more about how you can get involved and be a part of this wonderful, wonderful, truly wonderful community resource. Anyway, I am going to pause momentarily because we need to acknowledge our underwriters and our sponsors without whom we could not do any of this and I'm going to take the opportunity to promote some of the other wonderful shows that are coming up later but stick around because we'll be back with more fantastic forum right after this And we're back here on the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM, your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm here in studio today with the redoubtable Roberto Ortiz and the incredibly talented and woke Julian Lytle. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, man, you know, I mean, and I, I, brother, I appreciate your commitment. We were just talking briefly in the break about uh, about commitment and Julian Lytle. I gotta tell you, this brother is one of the most committed. I mean, because yep. he puts his mind to something and he's like, "This is the way it's gonna be." Because we were we were talking about boycotts, okay, and how a lot of people they give lip service to boycotts. Not this man here. When he boycotts your thing. He ain't never coming back. <laughs> okay, so you know, just just be warned, beware, don't piss off Julian Lytle. <laughs> it's, it's plain and simple, you know. And then uh, he actually is kind of influential because uh, you know he can make maybe some other folks decide they don't want to look at your thing, <laughs> and then you short. But um, yeah, so we were talking uh, before we took the break about. Game of Thrones and uh, how uh, some of us were disappointed with it, you know. I mean, and part of it depends on how invested you are. Now, I I was, I'm, uh, all right. Here's my issue with Game of Thrones, and it's not so much Benioff and Weiss. It's George R. R. Martin. <laughs> okay, I mean, this guy showed up. How, how come he started writing these books in 1996? Well, excuse me, the books began being published in 1996. We've mm -hmm. got five books. Each one has taken longer to get out. He was at Capclave like six years ago or something, reading chapters from the so-called next installment, The Winds of Winter or something. Like, where is that? Where exactly. That? Thank you. Where Thank that? you. Thank you. Nobody writes that slow. And I've heard all the jokes about death is going to take him when he finishes these books and, you know, all of that. But... At this point, I don't know if I, I, all right. I don't know what incentive he has to even finish these things. If we're won't. ever going to see the rest of these books, now the books. I mean, and I read the first three. I heard they kind of went off the rails with like four and five. Actually, supposed to have been one book, but the thing got so unwieldy. But you know, th those that was some good stuff. Uh, anyway, so that's my issue. And you know, with this thing that was not flawed in terms of what it was, although uh, they did change some stuff. Uh, my understanding was with the TV series, Martin looked at that as his opportunity to fix 
stuff that wasn't exactly right or that didn't work. Uh, hence, no Lady Stoneheart, which I personally felt like you needed. I wanted Lady Stoneheart. I was looking for that, but I digress. Anyway, so you know it, it, the stuff they did with this. Um, look, it, it at least I got to see the end of the story, into some story, and that this is what they have told me. And so, okay, well, uh, now I have, I, I won't ever watch any of this stuff again. Wow. I mean, I'm not exactly like you. I mean, when I say I won't watch any of this stuff again, I'm not going to go back to yeah. Game of Thrones and like rewatch any of that stuff. You, you know? might watch the new stuff, though, because it'll be I new might. stuff. I might, yeah. you know. I mean, personally, what I would like to see is a series about Robert's Rebellion. You know, I'd love to see the Battle at the Trident and that stuff, because that's uh, stuff that we heard about. The future. Oh, of future. course. They will absolutely get there. So um, I don't even know. Like, I went, like it would have been small. Like, I could have maybe been brought back if you got them actors playing Young Ned and all them. You'd be like, well, yeah. what you didn't know was we about to go ahead and make this movie. I mean, we about to make this series all about Young Ned out there, Joy fight with Young Robert, just battling battles. I'll be like, yo, Young Ned was kind of a G, though. I didn't like what I said. <laughs> but he, I was he was hard. I mean, but but he was, he had a code, and he stuck to that code, you know? Yeah. I mean, that was why, I mean. He it, was loyal, too. Like, he loyal to yeah. his sister, like, to, like, I'm yeah. going to hurt my reputation, mess up my marriage a little bit. Because yo, you my sister. I will hold you down. But that was his code. I'm a G. That was his code. And he and he wasn't even supposed to be in that situation. What? You know? What? I mean, if it wasn't for his father and his brother getting cooked, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like he would it wouldn't even have been in it. You know. But I tell you what, he didn't totally step up because if he'd have totally stepped up, he'd have took the throne and everything would have been fine. But the problem is know? basically stupid. The code is not stupid, but the problem is that. He was stubborn as a mule. He's like, there's certain things that were going to happen. Hey, it was black were, and white for him. There was either right or wrong. There's you know? no reason he should have had his head cut off. He could have stopped that. No, but he's a good person. Yeah, no, he, come and, on. And, no, and, 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 and he wasn't going to play. He wasn't going to pretend. He wasn't going to, oh, let me just jive, pretend with Cersei that this yeah, is what I'm going to do. Like he don't run because, games. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. There was no guile in nah. him. There was zero guile. And I know what you're saying. You're like, oh, dude. Play like you're doing this. But you see, still yeah. got your code because it's like, yeah, I'm gonna play along until it's time there. to like drop the hammer. But he couldn't even do that. Nah. He couldn't even because that would that, have been compromising to play along. Lives. Yeah. Because it's but it's like that sometimes. The problem is, I, but he had his honor. Oh come on! Uh, <laughs> he had no head, but he had plenty of honor. <laughs> you know, and going back to what you said about George R. Martin, I sometimes think that, ironically, sorry. I don't mean this in any guile or bad way. The best thing that happened to Stephen King, ironically, in terms of his grinding career, was getting hit by a car. Because he hmm. said that after he got hit by a car, mortality just <laughs> went hmm. directly to his face. He's been grinding I, like a maniac. I think uh, Grimm doesn't have that problem. He know he old. When Stephen King got hit with a car, he was still like, yeah, he, he said, had, he had "Colored in his hair, man." He yeah. was like, "Oh man, I'm young and almost died." Charles mm -hmm. Martin is a senior citizen. He like, <laughs> "Yo, if it is, it is, bro." Like, <laughs> like I ain't got my money, bro. Yeah. I got a new TV show I'm, I'm writing about dragons. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. yo, is the checks clearing? But that's his what, legacy. That's he, the thing he's, I don't. He's got more than that what, too. His legacy. He's is got strong. more than that too. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something that I saw at Capclave. Okay, so um, I think George Martin be running game with some of them young girl fans at these cons, and he was pulling up on this one girl. I do so. How are you enjoying the convention? I, don't know. I was like, Oh, is George R. R. Martin macking on yep. this girl? Oh my god. <laughs> And, and let me tell you something. I, I have seen this before. I remember <sighs> Isaac Asimov, okay? Dr. Isaac oh, Asimov. Him for me, please. I'm just don't telling you what I don't saw with my own eyes. God, don't he was me. like, he liked them young girls at these oh, shows. Oh, God. And, you know, when you come with a, with a thick reputation like these guys do, man, you know, it's like that's got to be great for groupies. It's got to be. Yeah, Einstein used to, in living, case you're bro. wondering, Einstein used to be the same. Word. They living, I'm bro. Not a bit, I'm not a bit surprised. He got a new mm. show, bro. Yeah, but I tell you what, what disturbs me more, you know, this uh, because 
they spent a lot of money on this thing with Naomi Watts and yep. these other people. And um, I want to see apparently, how bad it is. Yeah, well, I, I okay, well, what, what here's you know? the thing. What I heard is it wasn't so much that it was bad as it was, and I hate to keep using this expression, but it was just too woke for HBO. You had a number of uh, you know um, uh, gay characters in the thing. You had a number of characters of color. Uh, there were women who were in these spots, and it was just they they were like, you know what? I think we need something a little more traditional Whoa. you know and and so they were they were scared yeah see what you can find out but that that is my understanding well, of what the me. deal was the, the problem is it might be backlash in terms of what they're experiencing with Watchmen because they knew Watchmen was going to wait like Watchmen ain't getting no real backlash are you serious <laughs> don't pay attention look, look, to look, little look. people on Twitter act like it's real backlash. yeah that and that's a whole nother show but I and if I could have got Shireen today we'd have been talking about that it's like I want to talk about in fact I want to talk about that in an upcoming show because that's that's all I mean that's a whole nother thing and Watchmen too but I and I'll tell you what I love that show what I've seen first two episodes I love that show I'm gonna be watching that joint tomorrow I'm like I love that show and you know what I love Sister Knight and oh I love Thank me you. some Regina King and as I was saying and again I'm not trying to get off on this because we're talking about Game of Thrones but Comic books are inherently political. political. Yes, you know. I mean, for and it was funny because was talking about this on another Superman show. Superman versus the KKK with, um, in the 1930s. It, yeah. it depends on how people view the politics of the show or of the material. I, like, I get what you're saying. The problem of it is, is that both sides don't understand that both sides view the same pe material completely through different yes. political yeah. lenses mm -hmm. because. Even though Alan Moore was showing Rorschach as not somebody to be like, a lot of people, most people saw him really as enamored the actual, him. Yeah, the true hero. You know what? He actually is a hero in the story, but he's well. He's he he's does not a bit compromise. Of a racist. He's a misogynist. He's, he's a whole racist. You know, he's got Remember, these other issues. The thing is that mm. what they did in the show. Hey, wait, wait, wait! Stop, stop! We're not talking about this. <laughs> Like, we are not talking about this. <laughs> Even in terms of, of that, I don't... With that show, there has to be something else about the pilot. Yeah. On why them folks ain't want to spend that money more than just being woke. If it is, that sounds like AT&T was like, nah, bruh, I want the most possible streams because we got subscriptions to sell. And a show about them dragons... Oh yeah, yes, well, uh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and there you go. I mean, hence, dragons are cool. Yeah, what's the thing? Uh, yeah, House of the Dragon. You know, which has actually been, and I think it's interesting that uh, of all the various, because there were a bunch of them in development. You know, that in development uh, almost like um, uh, we call it purgatory. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> in development purgatory, and so, um, but this thing, yeah, because you're right, dragons. Everybody loves dragons. And that was the big thing with, eight, with from yeah. season one. Them little baby dragons. You want you couldn't wait to see them dragons grow. At least I couldn't wait yeah, to see yeah, them yeah. dragons grow. And mm -hmm. this is the one that George R. R. Martin actually developed himself. Oh really? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay, go on. So another so check they, for George R. Martin. I'm thinking check. that like maybe mm -hmm. they was like, let's go with the one directly from the source because instead of the one where someone's adapting things from his notes, mm -hmm. and we saw what happened when you adapt from his notes. Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. We might have a more successful run. And it only had to be a long series. No. If he's just like this is him. This is this is what he's talking about. This is this is the official story of three hundred years ago how Targaryens took over. And the yeah. stories are been, already been created. And basically the, the part of what's gonna yes. happen mm -hmm. is it's mm -hmm. this is gonna happen. Well, yeah, and, and that's part of I I guess what fans of the show like. You know, the fact that you do have I mean, was, well, I guess this is what Aegon Targaryen and yeah, you know, Aegon the first, the first one. I think. Yeah, you know, I mean, and from what I've heard, because in fact, uh, the skull of the dragon that he was riding around, Baleron or something, yeah. you know, I mean, that was that big one that they were shooting the, <laughs> the, the yeah. scorpions through. And that was a big ass dragon skull. Anyway, look, you're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined in studio today by Roberto Ortiz and 
Julian Lytle. And we are talking about a number of things. There's some things we are not talking about, but <laughs> we are uh, talking about at this instant Game of Thrones and the new Game of Thrones spinoff series, apparently uh, titled House of the Dragon, which has been ordered by HBO. And, uh, you know, you've also got some people, because it's been a, a 10-episode order. George R. R. Martin has co-created the thing with uh, Ryan Condal, uh, apparently. And uh, you've also got Game of Thrones veteran uh, who is going to be involved in this thing. It's a director, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, this guy who directed uh, Hard Home and Battle of the Bastards. He's really good. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he directed six of them. This uh, Sap- Sapchenik or something, you know. Yeah, that guy. You know, anyway, yeah, and I'll tell you what, Hard Home was one of the best episodes. Of TV period. Battle yes, of the yes, Bastards. Amazing. I mean, you know, really, really great stuff, you know. So, um, you know, anyway, great stuff. So, I agree specifically that I think it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I, I, But I think also that what they're going to do HBO is basically they're going to keep a more tight rein on this version of Game of Thrones and I'm convinced mm-hmm. that the waits between season of one or two years mm-hmm. that's the thing of the past they're going to force them specifically to produce more content more quickly and this is going to come straight from AT&T mm-hmm. sure. well that's for the streaming service anyway this wasn't this wasn't even announced for HBO proper this was announced yeah, for HBO, HBO Max. Max yeah but I don't I don't know if they're going to... We'll see if they want to do more than one season a year because no streaming service is doing more than one season a year with the exception of animated series on streaming services. Uh, keep an eye on AT&T because AT&T sees themselves different from everybody else, specifically in terms... Because the reason the guy who was running HBO until recently left is because he felt a lot of pressure in terms of the... You know how HBO takes his time in terms of doing content and if somebody wants mm-hmm. to take a couple of years break, fine. Nope. AT&T was saying, give me content, give me content, give me content, give me content. Mm. And he kept saying to them, I cannot develop as much content as you want. And mm. say, okay, then you're gone. Well, the more platforms that you have, for, and I think that's that's the trick, the, really the trick bag with this whole streaming thing. Because now everybody wants to have streaming. And you, you hit the nail on the head, Roberto, I think, with that if you have the content, you can potentially do this. I mean, this is why... Um, and... and Hey, I'm just assuming because anything that Disney craps on turns out to be gold. But this <laughs> Disney Plus thing, oh God, because yeah. <laughs> they've got all this Marvel stuff, they've the got Star the Star Wars. Wars stuff, exactly. And all of this is going to me, and it's exclusive. It's exclusive, totally exclusive. And so if you want this stuff, this is where you got to go to get it. And from what I've seen, I mean, and I remember, because I was, I mean, you know, you young fellas, I was there at the very beginning, all this stuff. You, you know? were there when the and, book was written originally. Yeah, you know, I mean, <laughs> hey, I was, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't standing in line when Star Wars first opened in May of 77. I was a little late to the party. It wasn't until August I saw it. But once I got on, I had jumped in with both feet. And I was like, man, this is this the end. You know, because nobody had seen anything like that. I was telling my kid, as nobody had seen anything like this. And it was combination Western and, you know, you can, I mean, sort of anime-esque. It was a war kind of thing. You know, it was a coming-of-age story. I mean, I sort of came of age with Luke Skywalker, you know, along with this thing. A lot of people did. And so, um, you know, but, but the key was, it was a wonderful adventure story that you could either just read as escapist fair or some sort of deeper allegory for modern society, you know, particularly the way that it ended up with the prequels and the fact that those came out during the W. Bush administration and, you know, the whole and notion super of political. The, yeah, well, yeah, and the whole notion of your, uh, your, your political structure being rotten from the inside and, uh, you know, deteriorating as a result of that. And anyway, though, but the point is, is that there are a lot of people who are beyond enamored with this stuff. I mean, this is like this is like a religion to some people. I mean, and now you got the freaking Star Wars land, Disneyland, and Disney World. And I, I saw somebody the other day who had apparently been, and they were like, I was piloting the Millennium Falcon! I mean, you can go and pilot the freaking Millennium Falcon. You can have drinks in the freaking... Bar. I mean, and people love this stuff, and they will pay for the privilege is the key. They'll pay to go. They'll pay to watch. 
They'll pay to listen. They'll pay for all of it. But, you know? But here's a question. How so do you not? feel mm -hmm. about Disney, all of the sudden? It seems that the right decisions they're making about Star Wars is mostly towards the streaming service. Well, uh, one other thing that I want to throw in, because the whole reason that I, I was saying all that stuff is that Disney has got the content to do Disney Plus. Yeah. And you stack this up against some of these other streaming ser streaming services. And I've got to wonder how much longevity all these other ones are going to have. Oh, because Warner Brothers has. Warner Brothers can go to the They can match. Yeah. They can match. Yeah. <laughs> movie for movie. Cartoon Warner, for cartoon. Yeah, he's right. You got Mickey. Yeah. We got Bugs. Yeah. Da, he's right. Yeah. Warner Brothers mm. is these two that can go to talk with them. Yeah. We got Definitely. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. You know, but but it, it, everybody isn't going to be able to do this. You know, I mean, no, and you no, know, you no, know. Mm. Universal, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's called it's called Universal's got one. It's called Comcast, and uh, it's called did you pay them for your cable bill? Yeah. So mm. of course they already got you. You know, yeah, actually, it's called the mm. Peacock. It actually comes out next year. Ulysses. Mm. Yeah, that is right. NBC Universal streaming service. But you know, actually, who mm. benefits from this? Ironically, exactly. Sony. Mm. Because Sony, since they don't have a streaming service, they, they actually do? they can sell content to the the highest bidder. But they do have a streaming really? service. Mm -hmm. yeah. they call, it's called PlayStation View, and they also have Crackle. Hmm. Ah. Mm -hmm. hmm. They also have this thing called the Sony PlayStation, so they straight. By the way, how do you feel about Tony Gilroy coming back to Rogue One? I don't care. Are you serious? Why? I don't. I don't care. You didn't like Rogue One? It was a good movie, but I don't care. Oh, oh. oh, that's oh. cold. Uh. And, and, and there you have it, sports fans. Look, before we get out of here, I want to give you guys uh, an opportunity to just kind of um, pub yourselves. Um, Julian, what do you? Well, where can people find you? They can find me on all know? social media, Julian Lytle, L-Y-T-L-E. I have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Julian Lytle. I have a webcomic on Webtoon called Power Girl Mob. Search that out. Oh, that is dope. And <laughs> that is dope. Like, share, subscribe, all that type of stuff. And I have a podcast called Ignorant Bliss, which you can find everywhere and also on my Patreon. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, Roberto. As you all know, I'm basically involved very heavily in the computer graphics industry here in Washington, D.C. and basically sponsoring talent. I also want to mention the fact that the National Conference for SIGGRAPH is going to be coming to the Washington, D.C. area next year. And please come because it's like Disney World for people who are into computer graphics. <laughs> Trust me, it will change your life if you come. Mm. Wow. Okay. Strong words. Hey, hey look. And look, uh, Fantastic Forum is uh, also a television show. If you happen to be in the Arlington, Virginia area, you can check us out on AIM, Arlington Independent Media, at 8 p.m. on Comcast Channel 69, Verizon Files Channel 38, uh, 8 p.m. on Saturday nights and Sunday nights. And uh, check the listings in your area if you happen to be someplace else. Also, we rerun the show each and every Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. So you can either check out what we've had on Saturday, or maybe there's something new. I did something new last week. Well, not something new, something old. It was like redone. It was a Halloween show, but it was like Halloween last Thursday, so I said, why not? And, uh, of course, you can also visit the website at fantasticforum.tv. We've got all the television episodes. We've got radio episodes. We've got segments broken out for your convenience. We've got a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, also, our friends over at GGR, the Great Geek Refuge, they put us up as a podcast, this radio show. So check out thegreatgeekrefuge.com. And, of course, you can come back next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Hopefully, we'll be able to jump on this Watchmen thing. But in the meantime, you enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, and you want to um, stick around here because Ethio Diaspora is coming up right after this show on Saturday afternoons. And so we're going to clear the booth. Have a great rest of the day.